listening to the Rainmaking Podcast. Hosted by high-stakes headhunter, author, and professional speaker, Scott Love. This show, as always, is sponsored by Leopard Solutions, legal intelligence suite of products. Firmscape and Leopard BI push ahead of the pack with the power of Leopard. This is Scott Love. Thank you for joining me on the Rainmaking Podcast. Our special guest today is me. Yes, I'm our special guest today. I'm on the road and I got to record something. And I thought, you know, I'm going to share kind of not exactly the last episode of the year, but getting towards it, something that actually will be evergreen. So it doesn't matter what time of year you listen to this. This is going to be talking about building resilience muscles. Now, a lot of you know, I own a company that recruits attorneys for big law firms. We do legal recruiting, but I also speak to corporate groups and business groups on client development. But then I also have a recruiter community called the Placement Club. Now, if you're in the recruiting industry, check out the show notes and you'll see the link. It's called theplacementclub.com. And every Monday, I do a motivational Monday for recruiters where we talk about their issues and training on recruiting. And it's very, very granular. We get very detailed into the specific aspects of recruiting. And one of those that we talked about recently is recovering from adversity. Now, if you're in the legal industry, if you're in B2B sales, if you're in the staffing or recruiting industry, you know that not every sale closes, not every deal closes, not every client is going to come on board and bad things happen to good lawyers and good, good professionals. So I wanted to share some ideas, things that I've learned and things that I've taught people about how to strengthen resilience muscles. Now, think of it like this. I've seen successful people, the most successful people in business development. There are three things that cause them to be successful. Number one, they know how to communicate in a way that ties their offering with the problems and the solution that the prospect hopes to want and hopes to achieve and communicate it to that prospect. So the prospect sees it and sees the personal benefit and the emotional context of that. That's number one. Number two, they make one more outbound connect per day. They're going to leave. Let me see if I can reach one more person. And number three, they are able to recover quickly. If you're in business development, your job is to perform in a peak state, even when you don't feel like it, which is a lot of times, especially when the placement that you wanted to close doesn't close. The new client, the new in-house counsel that you brought on board as a prospect decided to go with another law firm for whatever reason. How do you recover from that? I'm going to share some tactical ideas with you. Now, think of it like this. In the world of sports, one thing that I've studied, because I've actually worked with performance coaches, sports psychologists that have helped in my recruiting game because it is a performance business. And the one thing that I've seen and read from books on sports psychology is that high-performing athletes know that their performance on the field or the ice is a direct byproduct of one thing, their state, meaning their emotional state. Golf is 90% mental and the other 10% is mental. It's all in your head. And so when you have something that happens that doesn't work out to your benefit, how do you close the gap and put yourself in that state of peak performance? I'm going to just spend a few minutes with you sharing some ideas, things that have helped me, things that are very tactical. And this is something where I'm kind of getting, you know, vulnerable. And that's what's supposed to happen on social media. It's extremely uncomfortable for me to admit that 
gosh, I don't feel positive all the time when these bad things happen, but I'm just being honest with you. I figured out some ideas that I think can help you. Number one is what I call the seven-step daily motivation ritual. This is something that I came up with for myself for many years. And you may not know this. I actually had a training company. I started it in 2002. I sold it in 2016. Over 4,500 recruiting and staffing companies in 36 countries invested in my tools, products. Back in the day, tapes and VHS. (laughs) I kid you not, I'm that old. And so I studied this business. I studied recruiting. Now, if you're not in the recruiting industry, it does apply to you in professional services. So hang on to me. Don't go to a different podcast, okay? But this is a technique I developed for myself to help me overcome adversity. I'm going to share it with you. And this is the only thing I'm going to really cover today because I think this is really something that's gold. One good idea can change your life forever. It's what I call the seven-step daily motivation ritual. This is how you're going to recover. Number one, what is your ultimate career billing goal or an income goal? Now, money's not the most important thing in life. It's how we measure, how we keep score. But number one, ask yourself this. If you were able to do what you're supposed to do in terms of client development, and you were able to perform at a peak performance level every hour of every day, and you knew that your relationships would stay intact and you wouldn't burn out, what are you truly capable of producing? I remember there was one recruiter I was coaching that was billing about 250K a year. And that's, that's not bad. You know, that's kind of intermediate, I think. And I said, what are you able to do if you perform at your peak performance level? And she said, I think I can double that. I said, what would be the worst thing that would happen if you build 500K a year? She said, I'd be tired. I said, are you tired now? She said, yes. I said, what's the difference? Get busy. (laughs) But, But think of it like this. What can you produce in terms of the results you want to achieve? If each day you are performing at a peak performance level, now remember this, that your entire year is made up of a series of well-executed hours. Each hour of each day is the only thing we have. The only thing that counts in life is right now. Yesterday is a memory. Tomorrow is just a promise. This afternoon, it's not here yet. It's just this one hour. What is one thing I need to do over the next 60 minutes for me to call it a good hour? And you do that over and over, and then it becomes like a game which is why I love doing deals. Now, I'll speak at conferences talking about this. I'll consult to organizations from time to time. Really, my heart is into doing the deal, doing the placement, finding successful partner-level attorneys, groups, smaller firms, and putting them in organizations that can really unleash their full potential. I love that. I love being the one that helps someone's career reach a whole new level. Being the one that helps a law firm achieve a strategic goal by placing a significant partner or group in that organization. I love that, but it's a grind. But you know what? Anything you do in life, if you want to be number one in the world, and you should, is going to be a grind. That's why it's a mental thing. So what's your ultimate career billing goal? Number two. Now think of it like this. This might be an exercise, a meditation before you start your day, or you've had some disappointing news, and you need to recover. That's number one. Number two, visit the future. What would it be like if you were able to perform at that level? And it might not necessarily be what you do right after you're grieving after a monumental loss. But this is something what you do, which helps you to maintain composure and perspective. But number two, visit the future. Imagine that you achieved that goal. 
close your eyes, go to the future in your mind's eye. What do you see? Visit it. I always say, celebrate that achievement by taking your family to Tuscany and renting a villa for a week. And this is number three. Get all senses involved as you visit the future. Imagine that you're walking with your spouse or significant other, holding hands down a path late morning. You went for a walk out in the fields of Tuscany. You reach over and you pick up a grape and you pop it in your mouth and you taste it and you just feel that explosion of sweetness. Maybe it's a little bit bitter and it explodes in your mouth and you feel that tart grape. And as you walk to the villa, you smell the food cooking. There's a chef that came with the villa for the week. And you smell spaghetti. You know that it's going to be a good lunch, maybe a nap afterwards. And you hear this chef singing. You hear him singing in Italian, just a little bit of Italian singing through the field. And you walk in and you see your kids and their cousins that came with them on this trip. They're playing board games and you run your fingers along the grain of a 600-year-old table. Now, tell me you weren't in Tuscany with me. That's what happens. We get all of our senses involved as we imagine our future the way we want it to be. Do you ever have a bad dream? Was there a physiological change when you had that dream? Did your heart increase in its beat? Did you feel sweat on your face? Absolutely. Your mind didn't know the difference between fact and fiction. And we're doing the exact same thing, but in the opposite direction. You get your senses involved. It becomes real to you. Number four. See successful actions. What's the hard thing that you have to do? See it in your mind's eye, flowing effortlessly, resulting in a positive conclusion for everybody involved. See successful actions. Number five, have a mantra that you tell yourself that helps bring your emotions back into a healthy state. I always like to say, everything I touch turns to gold. Everybody I talk to wants to do business with me. It's a mantra. It reminds me that I can do this. Everybody I talk to wants to do business with. And there's a difference. You have your positive expectation. And if it doesn't result in the way you want it to, you have a low attachment ratio. In fact, Jack Canfield wrote a book called The Success Principles. And he talks about that ratio, high expectation, low attachment ratio. Don't let it attach to you. But you expect to win every time. That's your mantra. What's a mantra that you can tell yourself that helps you put yourself in a state of peak performance? I'd be willing to bet that if you had a favorite athlete, you could Google that and find out what's that mantra that that athlete tells himself or herself when they're on the field to change their emotional state into a state of performance. Number six, is there a difficult part in your job right now? Are you an attorney that's facing a significant international arbitration? or a private equity deal that you're trying to do will see the challenging part of it flow with ease. If you could pre-play future successes and replay past successful endeavors, do that before you go into that meeting. Replay. I had something just like this happen three months ago and it worked out really well. I'm going to take that scenario and walk it through my mind. I'm going to replay that in my mind's eye. I'm going to pre-play this scenario and have it flow through exactly how I want it to. I'm expecting it to work out well. See the challenging flow with ease. And then number seven, feel the emotions. Define them. As you've gone through this, do you feel a change? If you weren't with me on the fields in Tuscany, I don't think you were paying attention. If you didn't feel the emotions there and you saw the senses, it changes you. It's okay. 
my little girl, 12 years old. Yeah, math, it's good. But I think COVID affected that, especially with kids in middle school that don't understand percentages. I mean, that's a thing. So we're working on long division a few months ago, really trying to nail it down. And I kind of back off of it. I'm like, why don't you figure this problem? What's the answer to that? Why don't you tell me? Is that the right answer? What do you think? Why don't you do it? Yes, it is. How do you feel? I feel good. And then she got the whole problem, right? And she was like, I did it. And I asked her, I said, Maya, sweetie, what emotion are you feeling right now? Name it. I'm excited. I'm proud. You lock it in. You lock it in. Feel the emotions. What's the change that you feel? I had significant fees fall out of my hands at least seven times this year on things that I probably could have saved. Now, one of the things I do, and I'll share this with you, I've been doing this every day since 2017. On an Excel spreadsheet, the same Excel spreadsheet, I document certain things. I document two metrics associated with my business performance, but then there's two other columns that I document. One of them is my greatest achievement for the day. I write down what's the one win I had, and sometimes it's multiple. I got a new firm that's a new client of mine. I submitted a group to a firm that's really interested in that group. I've got a boutique firm that's considering merging into one of my clients. That's a win. My greatest achievement. The other column, I think, is more significant. Lessons learned. What's one thing that I learned today? You know what it usually is? It's usually a mistake that I made. It's a failure that I made. I didn't get back to somebody soon enough. So I document those lessons learned each day. And guess what? I look for patterns. I look for trends. I look for myself making the same mistake over and over again. And guess what? It happens. Let me ask you a question. What did you eat for lunch three Tuesdays ago? You don't know. What did you eat for lunch today? You remember. What did you eat for lunch yesterday? You remember. What about two days ago? You don't remember. (laughs) Your mind has too much going on. Why keep useless information in your mind? Well, learning is not useless. But if we don't document that, we forget about that. If you don't do anything from this whole program that I'm sharing with you, just do that. Listen, create an Excel spreadsheet. The date on the bottom, each tab, January 2024. Create a new tab for each month. And now you can go back. I've got dozens of them, dozens of data. Now, one thing I did when I started doing this, and I don't know why I started with this. I don't know. I don't think I read anything. I think maybe it was an original thought. Who knows? Maybe divinely inspired. I would hope. Maybe that could be something that can help you find solutions to your growth. Your personal growth. Oh my gosh, this is a business podcast. What are you doing talking about personal growth? That's exactly what it is. That's where it starts. When you want to sell your services, now if you're not comfortable with the word sales, client development, rainmaking, you need to earn the trust of those high-level, sophisticated prospects. And how do you do that? You build confidence by knowing who you are, what motivates you, what direction you're going in, and making a clear declaration of what your value system is. And two other ideas I'm going to share with you. One of them is write down your core values. Think of it like this. If you had all the money in the world, all of your relationships are perfect, and you've got all the time in the world, what else is left over? Those are the things then that you value. Principles, ideals, virtues. Write them down. And when you do that, you come into a potentially compromising situation. You can ask yourself, how does that align with my core values. 
And the second part of it is your purpose. What is the purpose of your life? Now, we're kind of getting touchy-feely here, but we're not going to hold hands and sing Kumbaya and light candles. And we don't have to make eye contact with anybody. I get that. But what is the purpose of your life? Write it down tonight, my friend, before you go to bed. What are your core values? What is your life purpose? It might have nothing to do with money. Imagine that. It's so weird. The older I get, the less I care about fancy cars. It's just bizarre. You know? Never thought that would happen. But what's important to you? Who is it that you want to become? Write that down. And that gives you a clear vision. And you know what that does? That's going to put another little bit of a spring in your step. A little bit of a straighter back when you go into that meeting with that high-level prospect of yours. Thank you for listening to this unique episode of the Rainmaking Podcast. I hope this gives you some value. If you're an attorney in a firm and you're thinking about making a move, call me. Even if you're a counsel and associate, even if you don't have, don't have a book, I'll talk with you. I'm happy to talk to anybody. And I never make advertisements like this. All the information's on our website. Just go to therainmakingpodcast.com and that leads you both to my legal recruiting business. And if you're in the recruiting business, check out theplacementclub.com. It's a free community. We've got almost 800 recruiters that are a member of that. It's the largest free community of intermediate and advanced level executive recruiters. And then every Monday, we have a subscription part of that where we have our Motivational Monday group coaching sessions for an hour. How'd you like to get 50 group coaching sessions for less than $1,000 a year? Check it out, theplacementclub.com. That's it. That's my pitch. That's my story. I'm signing off. We'll talk with you next time. I hope you got some great ideas from the session. And thanks for letting me accompany you on your commute or help you do the chores at home as you're listening to podcasts. Thank you so much. And I really appreciate that. Thank you for listening to the Rainmaking Podcast. For more information about our recruiting services for international law firms, visit our website at attorneysearchgroup.com. To inquire about having Scott speak at your next convention, conference, sales meeting, or executive retreat, visit therainmakingpodcast.com. Thank you.